on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, guys. Sorry about that. I was just catching up with uh, Aditi Kinkabwala, part of our broadcast team during the preseason. Very nice. Sorry. And did you guys talk Browns? What are they going to do with their pick second round? You have to know by now, right? So easy to figure out. Yeah, because um, nothing is predicated on what the other 31 teams do ahead of them. Not at all. So, Not at all. Know, I, I've actually been planting seeds with the other franchises to just pass. Like, there's been a couple times where teams are late to turn in the card and then the next team's up automatically. So I'm really, really working hard on having that happen a bunch of times so that then the Browns can have their not only pick of the litter, but then accept trades for teams that want quarterbacks at that point. See, and Chris, we expect you to have the answer, so that's why. That's why you're good like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always working for us. I like that a lot. So you show up at the Combine. What what do you do? Just give us a little background into how, how you get going and then, you know, certainly a plug for what you're going to be doing. So um, today it's just a lot of seeing people and stuff. I'm just over in the media center. I'm going to try and say how to coach Stefanski when he talks to the media in about a half hour or so. Um, but run into a bunch of people on this day. And then we have a, an NFL Network meeting later this afternoon and just kind of go over the game plan. It's the first time we're all together because you have people coming from all over the country that are going to be working this event just to make sure we're all finally on the same page before we – uh, you know, bring to you the next four days of coverage. We're the exclusive home of this. And uh, it, it's, the, it's the one time where all the teams and the players are all together, right? And so my role during the next four days, Thursday through Sunday, I'm out on the concourse set with Charles Davis and with Peter Schrager. And we're kind of, we're kind of the big picture set, if you will. So what you're seeing transpiring on the field what are teams telling peter schrager charles davis is a wealth of information in terms of studying these kids much exactly like daniel jeremiah uh where they might fit team needs things of that nature so uh that's our role during the event i, I need you to do me a favor while you're there so um andrew siciliano was on with us earlier and I sure. think he gets lonely when he goes to eat because maybe sometimes – and he said Daniel Jeremiah won't go eat. He just locks himself in his hotel room and studies the whole time. So if you get a chance, just say to Chris, hey, can we go get a bowl of soup? That's not really a meal. So if you guys yeah. could just go well, get something to eat real quick, that'd be well, – we'd appreciate you know, it. Just trying to make guys wave, friends. No, I understand. Yeah. I, you know, I, I waved to Siciliano earlier, um, and when I saw him from a distance, I was busy doing something. And, you know, I, I don't want to – tell you that what Andrew told you is wrong, but I am supposed to have an 8 o'clock dinner with Daniel Jeremiah tonight. Oh, jeez. So, oh, no. Yeah. Now, do not let Andrew know that. I won't say anything. Do not let him know that, because that would just crush his little soul. <laughs> and I've been, I have been friends with Andrew for 25 years. I cannot do that to him. I'll crush him on a lot of other stuff. I'm not going to do that to him. <laughs> well played. That is, well played. That is really nice of you. <laughs> As you're looking at the Browns roster and their offseason needs, Chris, mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking free agent signings and or trades because I kind of think that they need to win some games next year uh, in order for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry to both be in, in good standing. Can you see them not doing that and loading up you know, with younger guys and trying to build long-term? Well, okay, a few things here. 
Yeah. They're going to have to get creative with the salary cap, right? I mean, they're just going to have to. If you're going to make trades for veterans you're not, or signing guys, you're not doing that for zero dollars. So they're going to have to restructure some contracts or save on some guys that we're not expecting them to move on from. You know, and I don't think a lot of guys fall into that category where if you get rid of them, you save enough cash space. Um, the other thing is, is that I don't think those are mutually exclusive things. What I'm talking about is if you do rely on your draft picks, you need to expect them to hit right away in some cases. Go look at the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and that's I what scares that. me a little, Chris. That's what scares me. Well, and it does, right, because we've had plenty of guys, particularly on the defensive line, that we've drafted in the middle rounds that, quite frankly, haven't popped yet. And they have to go back and see why. Is it strictly the players? Is it the evaluation of the players? Is it the coaching of the players? What is it that hasn't been getting it done? So I think that's the big deal um, that, that we have to do. Look at Kansas City. I was starting to make the point about, yes, they've got Patrick Mahomes, and yes, they've got Travis Kelsey. But the number of rookies they had to count on this year to play big roles on both sides of the football, right? Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round running back. Uh, they, they, they did have two first-rounders on defense, but they also had Brian Cook whom they got in the middle rounds in the secondary. Uh, they got the kid Williams, uh, defensive back, and I think the fifth round. Uh, Jalen Watson was a seventh-round starting corner for them. So they had guys pop in the middle to late rounds that played major, major roles in them hoisting the Lombardi. And that's got to happen for the Browns. It has to happen for we're going to be talking about something totally different at this time next year in Indy. The, the one thing, Chris, and it's exactly what you're talking about, you, you draft Jordan Elliott, you draft Tommy Togiai, you draft Perrion Winfrey. You'd have thought one of those guys, and I know Jordan Elliott played a lot, and I thought he improved some, but you would have thought one of those guys, you'd have said, okay, good, there's one. And I don't know that we can still do that. No, I, listen, I thought Martin Emerson was great. As a corner last year, I thought he was actually our most consistent guy on the outside. Um, and I thought Alex Wright was good at times. You know, he, he, to me, he got the really close award. You know, I thought that he was in the backfield and made some plays and certainly splashed. But, yeah, they've got, they've got spots on that defense where they're going to have to rely on these middle to late picks. They're just going to have to because you can't fix everything via a trade and via free agency, Not certainly not with the way they're running their cap right now. And, cr- but the other, at, the, at the end of the day, guys, we've talked about this. Your big-time financial commitment players have got to play up to that level, and it all starts with Deshaun Watson. We, we can talk about this every day that I come on until September. But if he is 50% of the player – it's not going to work. If he's 90% of the player, then we're talking about being in the playoffs. Hey, man. Um, I just, because I don't want to run out of time, I just really want to get your thoughts on Major League Baseball and how the game sped up a little bit because we keep watching mm-hmm. some of the spring training stuff and, of course, listen to the Rose rotation for like some of the best, unique interviews in baseball that you can get. Um, but, Chris, what do you think of the game right now? Because I like it. I think things are moving faster. I think it'll slow down a little bit. I think pitchers are going to take more advantage of 15 to 20 seconds when they throw, but 
Otherwise, I, I think this is good. I think it's been great. I think it's been great. And it doesn't mean that it's perfect. I would personally like to see them adjust. I, I have a feeling they're going to have to adjust it a little bit moving forward in some parts. I know there was a lot of the Twitterverse that was screaming with that Red Sox-Braves ending this yeah. weekend where it ended on a, a called strike for a pitch that was never thrown because the batter was not looking up with eight seconds to go. Um, they're, they're being especially diligent during spring training because they want to work out every scenario by the time they get to the end of March when the games count. No team is shocked by what can be called, right? We know that. But I do think there's a time and place in a tie game in the ninth inning with the bases loaded where we can let the game breathe. It is part of the beauty of it. And some people say, well, a rule's crappy if you can't apply it in the ninth inning the way you do in the first. I don't agree with that. In the NFL, you can challenge a call until when? The most important time of the first half and the most important part of the game, the last two minutes. Then it's got to go to a booth review. So they change rules all the time. And I, I do think that there's going to have to be some adjustment made somewhere down the line, but I do like where the sport's heading. Do, do you, I mean, is there an adjustment? Is that what you think the adjustment will be or somewhere? Because I think it's going to take us a month before everybody's settled in. I think we're going to get to see some players that have been playing the game for a long time get irritated. That's the nice way to put it. I, I think we're going to see some aggravation in the first month of the season. You might see some, but I, there was a great clip, and you guys should find it. Um, I think it happened Sunday in a Diamondbacks game that was being broadcast on Valley out in Arizona. And Tori Lovello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, was actually on a headset doing an interview with the guys in the booth. And both the pitcher, Joe Mantiply, and I forget who the hitter was at the time it was in the box, neither of them were ready to start the inning. And they both got penalized, a ball and a strike, so they started with a 1-1 count. And Lovello was like, he wasn't argumentative. He was like, hey, this is baseball now. We have to be ready because if you're not ready as our pitcher wasn't, and if the hitter wasn't ready, this is how they're going to call it. And you just have to be willing to accept that as part of the sport now moving forward. So um, I, I don't know if it's so much an adjustment period after the first month. I think this is the month to get adjusted. Hmm. All right, Chris, tell us what you got going on at the Combine, where we can watch you. Uh, NFL Network starting tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Cleveland time. We'll be on Thursday, Friday at 3, and then it moves up over the weekend. Uh, interestingly, I flew in on a flight from L.A. with both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and we're all waiting, and a bunch of other combine kids that have been training out in, in out west. I just want to warn anybody, if you are an adult and you want to ask these guys for their autographs and have your million cars that you're eventually going to sell somewhere and your little mini helmets, make sure the mini helmets are where the guys went to school. Oh, no. I saw... <laughs> I saw people walk up to C.J. Stroud handing him a TCU helmet, and I about wanted to knock it out of the dude's hand. I was like, really? Like, I get it. You want to sell their autographs. I understand the business side of it. But please don't insult everybody. Could have been worse. It could have been worse. There's only one other helmet that would have been worse. I I hear you. And there wasn't that Delaware-looking helmet that anybody had. But. Man, oh, man. I, I was like, come on. Really? That's what we're doing? 
Awesome. Chris, the Delaware comment, outstanding. Well, well, well done. Chris, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Have a great time at the Combine, and we'll talk to you next week. Always, boys. Take care. All right, Chris. He is Chris Rose, pride of Shaker Heights University School. Uh, Of course, NFL Network is where you're going to be able to watch him for the next couple days, and you can always catch him on BattleBots and, of course, on his podcast, The Rose Rotation. He was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.